So, this is it. The moment of truth. The 100th <laughs> episode of Boag World. I know. Enjoy this, everyone, because this is quiet, lovely, non-hissy, non-noisy <laughs> sound quality of this first minute of the podcast is going to seem like heaven. Yeah. <laughs> if you make it to the end, I'm going to be so impressed because it, it does feel like somebody is trying to rip your ears from the side of your head. Yeah. Uh, so, well, so apologize for me. I've done my best. I've, I've, I had two hours of audio to go through with one of the microphones was much quieter than all the rest. So I had to go through like, every little snippet and make it louder. So and after a while, my brain exploded and I gave up. <laughs> <laughs> so you've made good effort. And, the, and obviously the implication is that if he had two hours of material to go through and this is an hour show, we mm. have cut some people's stuff out. So, but I think I think I managed to get in every everyone who came along. I think there's a little bit of them in there somewhere. So. Oh, that's good. Well, everybody that spoke that came along. Well, I think everyone had had a few words, didn't they? I don't know. I can't remember. It seems like so long ago now, Paul. It does. So anyway, <laughs> here you go. Enjoy, and normal service will be resumed next week. <laughs> Welcome to Bioworld.com. A podcast for those involved in designing, developing and running websites. Designing, developing and running websites. This is what everybody waits for. This is what everybody waits for. The podcast for those involved in designing, developing, and running websites on a daily basis. Again, again. Designing. I'll put you hang on a minute. Uh, uh, The podcast for all those involved in designing, developing, and running websites on a daily basis. Although, obviously, this is a complete farce, really. (laughs) Because, uh, I, you know, we've only just released a 98th episode. So how we're on the 100th is quite beyond me. Um, but well, if you organised it. I did point this about six weeks ago. And you made some excuse about you'd planned it this way. I had planned it this way. I thought it was wise to leave a little bit of kind of space in case this crashed and burned. Yes, which it could still and do. And it's going to take me about, uh, well, at least five days to edit it. So, yeah, fair enough. Why? I'm going to sit down. I feel self-conscious standing up. Okay. So, here we are then, Marcus. Yes. So, go on then, say something witty and intelligent. I'll go tell a joke. Go on what? Straight off the bat? I've got millions no, of... No, you can't mess with a formula that has worked for years. I can. I'm going to do it. Oh, two years. Go on. Right. This is actually probably my favourite one. Of the ones I've found. Can you hear me? Everyone hear me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Of it's scripted. It's always scripted. Even what he says. <laughs> In a little town, there was an extremely proud father for having six kids. So proud that he called his mo- called his wife mother of six. She hated this, of course. So one day they were at a wedding and he yelled at her loudly so that everybody could hear them. Ready to go, mother of six? And she yelled back, of course I am, father of four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have laughed. You complete silence. I didn't get that. Was it because I was too busy mouthing behind your back? And saying, don't laugh. 
but they did anyway. Okay, so here we are. There are, we've got at least 400 people here. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's Boo to all those people that signed up and aren't here. Yeah, bastards. Although, admittedly, let's face it, the rugby's on and half the tube network's closed. This is true. So another 50 people come through the door. Any minute now, groveling their apologies for being late. I reckon we've got... 40? Exactly. That's such a self-sufficient <laughs> answer. Oh, yes, we've got at least 40 here. No, it's a reasonable number. Yeah. And these these are the hardcore dedicated yeah. people that actually Ooh, care hardcore. about this show. <laughs> so that's good. So, so are we going to do news first? Is that where we normally start? We've well, got to do more waffle than this. Come on, it's the 100th show, Paul. What do you want from me? I haven't prepared any more waffle. Okay, let's do... Let's do the Who's Come the Furthest Really competition. No, you don't win. You don't win because you aren't here. Sorry, this is Cindy Lee who is now trying to persuade. Go on and give your argument about why you're here and that you've come all the way across from America just for the show. Nothing to do with the guy sitting next to you at all. So coincidentally, yeah. So when was the last time you actually listened to the show, Cindy? <laughs> Truthfully. Oh, that, that sounded a bit. Yeah, I'm not sure. I believe that. Okay, I think we need to pass the mic over to this guy over here that has really come the furthest. You need to, you need to tell us there's going to be a lot of mic noise on this and there. Tell us where, who you are and where you've come from. Belgium. Just for this show. We've got some other guys that are bullshitting that they've come further, but the reality is that's the person that's come the furthest. Okay, let's the microphone back. I'll sort that out, Marcus. That's what you pay for. I'm eating. You can't, I can't believe you're eating in the show. This is just going to be so bad. Oh, please. May, will this never end? Right, so, should we do news? Are we allowed to do your news now? So, let's do the news section. So, so what I was thinking is, instead of doing what we normally do with the news... I'm going to eat again, by the way. We really don't want to... <laughs> <laughs> what? This is what it's really like when we record it as well. The, the, yeah, we have to edit all this crap out. Right, so news. You're going to sing? No, I want you to stand up. Leave me alone. So news. What we're going to do is we're going to do... Um, we're going to do... Instead of our normal news segment, because there was a bit of a problem with our normal news segment, because normally our news has to be currently what's going on in the world of web design. But of course, because we're actually in the future now... And it's we are, we are in the future. Next week or whatever, I wasn't about to predict what the news stories would be. So I thought we'd take a slightly different approach. And the approach is as follows. We want to come up with the top news stories that have been released, the most significant things that have happened in web design since the podcast started in August 2005, right? So, here's a mic. I'll do that. You do the mic because I'm irresponsible. <clears throat> so, who's going to volunteer the f- the biggest thing that they think has happened in web design since August 2005? I think uh, perhaps IE7 being released. That is a very good one. Huge movement movement forward for uh, web design. Yes, go on, Christian. Firebug. Firebug. Yeah, very good one. No, 
it's like seven didn't get around. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mark's improved on its previous. No, let's be fair. Yeah, it was. It was. A, it's a good browser. Right? So who thinks I a good browser? No, no. Um, oh come on! It's better than it's a. I used it for it a while, and then, and then I went back to Firefox. Right. Have you ever used Firebug? No. Do you even know what Firebug is? You told me once. <laughs> what is that? Sorry. You're kidding me. I'm kidding. Hopefully not. Okay, so Firebug, for those that don't know, anybody off the top of the head know what the URL is for Firebug? Yes, Firebug.com. Firebug.com. <laughs> well, there's a surprise. <laughs> That's complicated. So Firebug is basically a get Firebug. Sorry, I'm being corrected by my wife. I get used to that. Um, yeah, so Firebug.com, uh, fire, get Firebug.com is an extension for Firebug that allows you to do all kinds of diagnostic stuff on developing your website, basically. Um, it'll let you look at uh, the JavaScript and how the JavaScript's affecting the DOM. It'll let you look at CSS styles and a lot more besides. So that's that good one. Yeah, push, on. I'm moving on. Yeah. Anybody else? Anything else? Any big news stories from web design since August? Yes, Jamie. Microformats. The future of the web. Microformats. Now that's exciting stuff. Yes, microformats have been very significant and kind of the whole semantic HTML. Because let's face it, it wasn't back in August 2005. We were just getting to grips with the idea of web standards, really, beyond anything else. So that's that one. Any other? Any other thing? Any more for any more? Sorry, I've got to stop you there. What's going on? Sydney was showing me her chest. <laughs> Sydney! Twitter! Twitter! A major significant development in the web since August 2005. You reckon... Yeah, social networking. I think social networking. Social networking. Can we? Can we? Uh, is that all right? Yeah. No, I have to say I do use Twitter a fair amount. So you have got a good point. But I wouldn't say it's a major development in the web. Now maybe YouTube. Yes. Because YouTube. I mean, how many social networking sites make it to the BBC? Not many. On the BBC TV. What? Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. Facebook. Wherever that came from, that's a good one. So there are a few, yes. The social networking, I guess, MySpace, MySpace yeah. That's it. But not Twitter. Not quite yet. Not, no, not Twitter yet. Okay. Right. Uh, any more? Sorry? Go on, pass in the microphone so he needs to hear it. Open ID. Open ID. Yeah. Yes and no. Well, it's not quite there. Oh, yeah, I'd agree in principle, but as you say, not quite there yet. I think that's got... You know, if you go down that, things that may be affecting the future, I would argue, what about even the iPhone? And having that mobile browser taking it to the next level, the mobile web? Mm. I'm getting this a stony about... silence over that one. <laughs> I thought it was news from 2005 to now. <laughs> yeah, I know, but... Not like, what's going to be in the future? Yeah, but open IDs are kind of more of a... It's not mainstream adopted yet. Okay. So there we go. Nobody's mentioned Boag World itself as being amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Didn't seem to do that one. Oh, uh, Ian, behind you. Boag World. Uh, yeah. No, no prompting at all there. No, this is recorded, Paul. I can make it. So oh, yeah! It. Yeah! Oh, yes. Well, obviously, Boag World has been hugely significant in the development of web design over the last two years. And I think really largely we're probably primarily responsible for the growth of web standards. 
and smiles and giggles. Your particular. Well, yeah, particularly. What is it anyway, Paul? Even Can you, you remind need me? to freak me out with that thing. Back off. <laughs> Okay. I'm sit down again. Right, we're sitting down there. Sitting down, Tommy. Okay, so what else and news wise? Or should we get, we should stop there and move on to next? No, oh, no, we got more. Go One on. over there. I'd say Yahoo Ready Browser Support. It provides an official document which you can show the manager that says I'm fucking shit. <laughs> 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 yeah. He's standing. Uh, do you work for Yahoo or are you just standing next to someone from Yahoo who's got his hand up your back? <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. I have to say, I've been quite excited by some of the stuff that's been coming out of Yahoo. They've been doing some, yeah. I kind of, I will almost give you that, even though it's Yahoo and on principle I should, you know, slag them off. <laughs> so there you go. Any others? Oh, another one from here. You can't say bye well twice, you know that. Open APIs. Open APIs, that's a good one. Yeah, true. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, if you think about it. Oh, that's, Tom, that's picky. <laughs> Differentiate between web design and development. We're all friends here. Designers and developers in perfect harmony. Working together. <laughs> the way. No, I mean, I think it's pretty incredible if you think about it. What's that? Two years. August 2005. How much has changed? It's hugely, hugely different to what it was two years ago. You know, we were talking about... You know, I remember going to App Media 2005, just before um, we set up the podcast. That would have been in the February or the March, something like that. And we were, like, just getting to grips with the basic of web standards, really. And, and you know, I remember there was this guy, I'm going to mention Jeremy Keith again. He will love it. His ego will go through the roof. He was good, though. He was good. Who stood up and talked about JavaScript, and it was like, JavaScript? That's so 1990s! You know, and it was a real turnaround. And and it's incredible that we've kind of got to the point where this whole social networking, the whole of, I'm sorry, but the word Web 2.0, has all happened in the last two years. Absolutely incredible, and the whole industry has taken off. And the huge explosion that we're seeing now, the new bubble that we're currently experiencing, is all due to that. You know, just to two years' worth of stuff. What an incredible industry we work in that it moves that fast. I feel like I'm making profound points. And Paul, you should be standing up at this point, don't you think? These are incredible, don't you? <laughs> so there we go. Like the age of web developers going down. Go put that back on him. Let me show that again. The age of web developers going down really What do you mean? Because old people like me don't understand it. What? What? So why do you mean it's going? Put the microphone. I'm finished with him yet. Um, what do you mean? I was, I was like 17 when I first did what I consider now a reasonably decent stuff. And you go online and you're like, you know, that's very impressive. Some like PHP classes. Oh, it's written by a 14 year old. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> did you see, have you seen the recent um, web design survey? Have you seen the web design survey from Mr. Park? Oh, not that many. So that's quite interesting. Um, some of the stats on, on the kind of state of, of web design at the moment. And there's some really good stuff in that. Um, about the average age of a you know a web designer and developer and their average salary and all that kind of stuff. But the one that's particularly interesting is someone took the um, the only the female designers and developers and looked at their average age and their average age of, of web designers and developers and women. 
No, no, no it's <laughs> the complete opposite end oh, of the spectrum. It's like in their 40s and 50s. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like completely skewed. And male web designers on average are like 21 or something. Bastard, you're young and talented. I hate you all. But, um, yeah. But yeah, the average age of female web developers is a lot higher. And I think the reason why designers, like musicians, you know, the artist side of it, are better when they're young because they've, you know, they've got more fire in, in their belly. In are you way. implying I'm burnt out? Yeah, I was getting there. <laughs> yeah, and, and who had the pop career back in the 90s and now totally oh, burnt out? Time for my announcement. Oh yeah, tell them the announcement. Oh, this you is exciting. You like this, guys. Uh, I was asked by a... No, no, tell the truth. Oh. Tell the whole story. You're the second best. <laughs> I was contacted by a BBC programme. By the way, who contacted me first. <laughs> me first. And then I had to forward the email on to him. They Looking didn't know for one of my ex-colleagues, not me, um, <laughs> as whether they'd like to be in the lineup on Nevermind the Bus Box. <laughs> and basically... Stop laughing. <laughs> And, and he's uh, completely, well, he's incognito. That's a very long story for another podcast. Um, so I said, so I basically said, said to the guy, contact us, he's not available. He said, well, you'll do. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So I'm on, never mind the basket. Do you know when? I'm recording it on January the 8th. So I imagine it comes out about the same week. Really? That quick? Oh, yeah. that's so superb. So you can do a switch. That's what I'm thinking. Nobody will notice. So, yeah, well, I'm just saying, can one of you please, please capture it, put it on YouTube and send us the URL so that we can publicly humiliate No, no, obviously not. Yes, don't, as Ian Forrester points out, that would be totally illegal. But if you do happen to find the video on YouTube, yes, then please forward it on. Okay, so I think it's about time we finish the news. <laughs> the, the last segment we want to do in the show is normally we do an Ask the Expert segment every week where we get someone intelligent to talk about a specific subject. So as we have no one intelligent this time, we're, we're going to give you guys the opportunity to ask me and Marcus any question you want about any subject you want, except my wife. <laughs> what, no, go on. I can't ask about your wife. <laughs> no, if Kath can ask a question if she wishes to, that's fine. Um, so, uh, anybody want to kick off? Who's, 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 so, um, so, I don't like the style. Yeah. So, so with a BBC commissioner, yeah. you're thinking that he had Boag World TV. Right. Oh, yeah. Give us a 10 second elevator pitch of why Boag TV. Why Boag TV? I actually think Boag TV would be an enormous, enormous mistake. <laughs> look I'll go to the bar. Do, I, to do I really look like a TV presenter? You no. do, yes, yes. You do. What do you mean, yes? Why do you really do it? I'm sorry, okay. 10 seconds for BBC TV. Um, okay, think think about that fashion boutique programme where that woman goes into the fashion boutique and she, she sorts out their business. How many people have a fashion boutique? Very, very few. How many people run or own a website? A considerable amount more. So, how much more would it be good to do a similar thing where somebody goes in, analyzes a website, 
and 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 Hell's website. website. There you go. There you go. Pick my website. Have you seen what they do to the cars on that program? Yeah, that's basically as many flashing gifts and things. I can do that. It comes naturally. Next, yeah. next question. Oh, you've got one over here. Oh, okay, you've got the mic, so uh, go for it. Uh, um, I'd just like to know, in your presentations and your pitches for work, how many alternatives does Paul use for innovative? Superb question. Best question of the night. Have we got I a prize? Have we got a prize? Yeah, you, um, no, I've already given this guy a prize. He's got prizes coming out of his arse. <laughs> Um, it's a very fair question and it is a continual problem to me because is the words you want to use or not? Yeah. Well, at least in web design it is and I cannot say it. You might have been always weird. No. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. me. He, he often has to fill in for me on that. Yeah. I've got a complete mental block with it. Innovative. No. <laughs> let's not. Let's okay, let's pass the, mic, pass the mic on to the next question. <laughs> My, my question is, what do you do when a client gives you what's that um, request for pictures? And what, say you use one that you say, okay, can you this, that, and the other? Yeah. For, for, you know, this, is, this is our solution. I remember. And then it turns out that when you actually, it's difficult because that's all done on, they write something and they give it to you. And yeah. You when you actually, say you get the job, you sit down with them. It turns out like they don't actually want all that stuff because their intern wrote like yeah. the, the technical spec. Yeah. And so then you're kind of thinking, well, that's good because actually they don't need you know to have rollbacks in their CMS. But at the same time, they do need all these other things that really weren't like asked for when yeah. you were situation where you think to yourself, well, we don't, they don't want that bit we asked for, but they want all these other bits, and that bit will pay for that. Yeah. You can do that, yeah. but it might come back and bite you, because that bit that's paying for that might end up getting a lot more expensive later on. So, say to them at the start, you asked us to, to quote for this, you don't need it, but you've asked for these extra bits, even though you might think that's part of our quote, it's not. So, this is it's contract negotiation, again, yeah. if you're going back yeah. to it. But that's that's exactly what I'm talking about now. We often have kickoff meetings um, after a contract signed, but I've kind of got into the into the way of thinking, particularly for really big complex projects, to have a kickoff meeting before you sign a contract. A bit of a risk involved with that because you want to be paid for that time because you've got three people appearing for a yeah, day. And you're worried but that spend that time, sorry, um, hammering out exactly what the spec's yeah. going to be. Yeah, it's just that worry of thinking, well. You know, you said you do all these things for this much money, and you're to come in that, that early yeah. in the day and say, "Well, actually, you never said that much." Well, it's all yeah, starting to got change, got some... and it's just you don't want to. Paul said it. Paul said it earlier. Don't you, you know? There, there are two two people there, two types of designer that you use. There are those that are kind of totally you know within themselves, and I the design and I right. There are others that are just saying yes, yes, yes. They're so scared they're going to lose the point. Just be big enough to stand up and say. This wasn't part of what we discussed earlier, but actually, and you, know, you could dress it up. You can say, but that, that bit you said you really wanted, you really don't, so we can make a saving there, you know, and make them do the math in there. Clients I said are, math. Ah. <laughs> Clients are not unreasonable people. I'm just yeah. going to cover over that. <laughs> Clients are not unreasonable people. If you, if you explain what, why what they're asking for 
um, is not in line with what they actually need, they will understand that in the majority of cases. And it's very rare. Once a client has made the mental commitment of you are going to be my supplier, for them to go back on that, you have to be really piss them off. You really have to upset them simply because it's such a hassle going through selecting a design agency. You know, it's a pain in the ass to do. So the chances are, you know, you will be all right in situations as long as you're not unreasonable. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Next. Uh, can I just have uh, two remarks? Yeah, you sure. Present for the multi-language uh, websites. Yeah. Um, apart from the whole thing about the uh, UTF-8 and, 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 and worrying about the characters will actually appear, you have to think also when you have to design, when you make the design, about the difference in uh, length in words yeah. in language. Because big words can actually break your design. Yeah. yeah. Right? And for the, uh, the question that... Um, Emily, Emily has. Yeah. Um, I think that w when you are negotiating with a client, you have to be a little bit proactive and think um, uh, a little bit for them. Oh yes. And, oh, um, yes. Some because they, they, they obviously they are not coming from 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 your world, and they don't know some things that uh, that you know. And you have to sort of like a lead them, lead them, take them by the hand and lead them uh, to prevent, uh, um, I would say, nasty screw ups in the future. Yes. Yeah. Okay? That's it. I, yeah, I didn't actually pick up on that. Um, I didn't see that. <laughs> That's all right. Um, you mentioned that the, oh, the intern wrote it. That often happens. Or oh, the, my friend who works for the you know the web web team in another company. What should I be asking for in my in my brief? And question it always. I mean, I try and do that as part of the proposal. But I mean, I've, I've said this many so times. How would you do it as part of the you get the brief in via email or via the post, and you phone them up oh, and say, yeah. uh, "I go through the red pen, you know, very teacher-like, and go right. uh, and uh, uh, and uh, and ask them, you know, why do you want that?" And they go, "I don't know." Yeah. That's that's proposals for you. I mean, some people would t totally disagree with this approach. It's worth saying that not everybody would agree with the way we do it. Um, I think Clear Left would take a different approach to this. Um, but it, it works for us. And I think they'd still agree that you should phone up people and talk to them and really ask them why. Yeah, I probably you know. they would. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to speak for them. But, but there are different, different approaches to this than the one we take. But if you're working on fixed-price projects, you, you need to accept there's going to be some back and forth beforehand to, to understand it. I mean, we go a step further sometimes, which is we... The, the, our best clients, the ones we love the most, the ones where we, where we get to write the brief for them. And, and we do that sometimes. We'll, we'll get a lead from somewhere and we get talking to them and they, they come to us and they say, well, we know we've got to do a redesign of our project. We're just initial thinking. If they say just initial thinking, that's great. Because if you can then get in, you can help shape the brief. And okay, you might not win it at the end of it. And we've had one. We could have done that as a, a clients we hate story. Yeah. But, um, so, do you charge them for that? No. no. You actually do? Yeah. Because it, it sounds like a lot of work, but it doesn't I'd need to. Charge it if they said, it was, it's one of those situa situations where often the clients will come to you and expect to pay for every second of your time, if you're you know, lawyers or something, um, if they want to do that. But quite often they don't. As far as I'm concerned, clients shouldn't have to pay for the sales process. Maybe they should. I don't know. If there's any part of the process that should be, you know, non-chargeable, it's, it's the sales process. 
that's another but it's what you what you include in the sales process and what you don't pitching yeah anyone want to talk about that (laughs) (laughs) okay any any more questions so there's tons and tons of students who leave college um, hoping to join companies like yourself what kind of advice would you um, advise them (laughs) (laughs) what advice would you advise them Innovative as well. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Um, what advice do we get? Yeah, I mean, this is probably one of the most common emails I get, you know. And um, I don't think there is a, a single right way to do it. Right. Um, I think a big part of it, I, I, the thing that I would encourage people to do is, is have a blog, I think is a really good starting point. Um, now, if you're not a great writer, which not everybody is, then, then just post up examples of your designs or, you know, comments or, you know, stuff that you're reading at the moment. Um, and that would be another thing that I look for in people is that they kind of have got a broad knowledge of what's going on in the web. They're obviously hungry and enthusiastic. I mean, you know, I, it depends on the, on the job they're applying for, but qualifications aren't a big deal for me personally. That might be because I was an absolute idiot at school. Um, so I don't rate them very highly, and as far as Marcus is concerned, you didn't actually get past anything, did you really? Because you wanted to be a pop star. Um, <laughs> Slow levels. Did you? Yeah. Well See, that done. That dates you, doesn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, so, so it's more someone who's enthusiastic, somebody that's that's reading a lot, taking in a lot of stuff. Somebody that maybe is feeding back a little bit through a blog and stuff like that. If you're a designer, obviously it's your portfolio that wins. So again, you know, do do any kind of work you want. Do you know work for friends and family? If you don't want to work for friends and family, do your own little side projects. Get something online. Get something you can look at. You know, I want to go into before I hire anyone. First thing I want to do is I want to go and look at their website. I want to look to see what the codes like, and I want to see what the designs like. You know. So that would be the basic advice. But the great thing about blogging and stuff, of course, is the fact that you're getting your name out there and you're getting seen and heard. And the next step on is to come to things like this, where you can you know, meet other web designers and get yourself into the community a little bit. I think that's a really important one, to meet up with other web designers. Well, I would say, just a very small point of that, is Headspace's last two employees have been straight from university, walked out the door straight from us. And they're ridiculously and annoyingly talented. Which university? One Southampton, actually both Southampton, I think. I thought one was Portsmouth. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right, yes. One Southampton, one Portsmouth. So both both South Coasters, anyway. Well-known, you know, yeah. high-quality university. Well, Southampton, well, I saw a question in .net um, a few months ago, and the question was, um, do you need a degree to get into web design? No, no general absolutely not. The general consensus from the um, contributors was yes. Well, I think what's quite interesting, before we get onto my opinion, is what comes out of this web design survey that Alistair Part have done, which had a, a huge majority that have bachelor's degrees or higher. So, so on that basis, the answer is yes, in reality. I'm going to have to take, take, go in, jump in on this one. We've been the last two employees I've just mentioned were are both developers, so we're not talking about designers here. But from a developer's developer's point of view, we found that um, we had to start insisting on degrees because the quality of of uh, a potential uh, potential employee was so massively kind of like incompetent to amazing 
Yeah. 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 Yeah.
how they understand what's going on in the web, and I didn't care about degrees. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I never had a degree. My A-levels were German, history, English, and astronomy, so nothing computer whatsoever. Yeah. Cool. And it's just a matter of our, our technology right now, it is advancing so fast, it's unbelievably... Uh, it's just you have to be greedy, and you have to know what you're doing, and you have to focus on what's important. I mean, I'm approaching universities, I'm giving hack days at universities, I'm lecturing at universities, I'm not saying that they're wasting their time there because it's an important thing, a step in your life, to get some structure into it, which I never got, which may get me out of a job in five years' time, I don't know. But the main point is that uh, a degree just to get a job, and uh, especially I would disagree with developers, a developer degree and somebody who did in his free time some really cool web development stuff, I hire the guy without a degree more than I hire somebody that sat there and just followed the, the ideas that university yeah. gave him. Yeah, I, wasn't, I was hoping that I was making that point. It's, yeah. it's about what people's ideas are. I mean, and know, to be fair, if you look at those... do outside of what they have to do. If you right? look yeah. at those two examples you gave there, what finally swung us with both of those wasn't the degree. It was the, what, you know, the work that they were doing. It's also the approach as a designer when it comes to designers, and I, I, I can't design for Toffee, uh, but fair enough. If you look at my blog, you know. <laughs> but uh, generally, uh, generally, I see a shift in the, in the whole idea. Like, I hear you talking about clients, and I hear you talking about users. It's actually, it's actually, to me, it's publishers and it's visitors. It's somebody who has something to say or something to sell, and if you understand the client a lot, then you can actually sell them a better design as well. Yeah. And uh, a user is not a user, but a visitor, because you have to battle for them with 200 other websites. So if you're not engaging enough, or if you don't make it easy enough for people, people go somewhere else. Yeah. It's, we have to shift away from that idea that somebody sits in front of your website and sees this as the one website. Mm. I've got a background in radio journalism, and I realized that nobody listens to what I'm saying. <laughs> and yeah. it's more or less the same Welcome with the web world. these days. <laughs> so don't think your design is too important if, if people don't get get don't get what the site is about. And yeah, start to talk to people, try to understand what how the client ticks. If you got a foot in the door, if you solve the problem for them, then you can start pushing your things in. But before that you don't. And I'm hiring at the moment as well, and I'm hiring yeah. in the US. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying I do. I'm, I'm hiring in the US, and I'm hiring in Asia, and I'm hiring in the UK. And that's what I wanted to say, that the difference there is amazing. That the difference in degrees, what people that come from university in the US have different skill sets than people that have degrees here. Yeah. So the university has a fallback to, to know, you know what you, what's going on. is not necessarily there. Depends what you want to hire them for. People tick differently. People that come from a Java backend or like computer science yeah, backend are great to actually develop things. They're not necessarily the guys that come up with the new creative ideas. Sure. But having a team with all of them together, great stuff. That's yes. what you want to do. It's all about the team. Yeah. It tends, we, we, have, we work really well actually together, even though we hate one another. <laughs> <laughs> no, we work, Lennon, no, no, that's, we that's work wrong. extremely well together in a presentation situation because. Um, I guess I'm the kind of I, I, my job in a presentation is to be the kind of quick thinker, the person that's very responsive to the client's needs. To go, oh, we could do this, or we could do that. And, hey, wouldn't this be good? So I'm the one that kind of comes up with the solutions very quickly. He, I always interpret Marcus's role as being one of, you know, I'm going to do the project. Really the project. It's going to be no, I'm not. <laughs> It's going to be safe pair of hands, basically. So you come up with the ideas, he comes up with the price. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he comes up with the reliability. Paul doesn't do it. Paul's writing a book. <laughs> Is that for you as well? Yeah. I'm writing a book. 
leave me alone. <laughs> you shouldn't have brought her. This is just such a mistake. <laughs> you want to give her a dedicated mic? <laughs> Sometimes um, I'll do pictures. That's what I do. Um, and I'll pull him along. Right, this is a big one. What you got there? You know, put your best shirt on and talk at them. Um, and I'll talk about project management and, and you know we're very reliable yeah Whereas I mean that's Paul will talk about ideas but sometimes I'll, it's not available and I'll go up with our, 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 our other co-director Chris who many times Paul suffering Chris <laughs> listen to this um, and he and I are too similar and we kind of we're too, like, too boring sensible people <laughs> he's good because he kind of entertains PC or Mac PC or Mac? Marcus, what do you think? PC or Mac? Uh, I think Macs are much better. You want a Mac, don't you? No, You're desperate really. for Mac. I don't Mac. care. You were earlier. <laughs> oh, that wasn't what you were saying earlier. Uh, it seems, though I've never been a Mac user, that they are more... They respond more instantly. Yes, Rubbish! <laughs> <laughs> fight, 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 fight! I said it seems like... Um, and because I do quite a lot of audio, huge files and some films, like this world, um, I'd like something that responded a bit more quickly to what I was doing. Uh, and PCs tend to be a bit of a pain. But I've used, used PCs since I you know, started using computers, so I understand them. It's all right. Have a look at AppleDefects.com Okay. Apple defects. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I don't think really there's there's a right or wrong answer to a question like that, is that. I mean, it's all personal taste, as you well know, Jamie. Um, I mean, for me, my decision to move across to Mac was mainly because they produced a small, sexy little laptop that I could carry around because I was travelling out more and more. But, um, yeah, and I spent... No, it was only 50 quid extra. Like, have it black for no reason. Um, so no better spec, but a different colour for 50 quid. That, that sums up Apple, really. Um, but I think what... Do you know what it is for me? It's not anything to do with anything Apple produced that's made me love and, uh, my change to the Mac. It's actually been Quicksilver. Who's heard of Quicksilver? See, Quick, Quicksilver is the most awesome application that I'm not even going to try and explain what it does here. But it makes the Mac. And it's not available on the PC. And it is so incredibly powerful. Oh, am I wrong? Give him the mic. There's a thing called launching, which is very, very similar. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, launching recommendations, fine. Okay. Right, next question. Who's next? You're talking about speculative designs or iterations of designs. Well, we're, we're, our policy is that we'll do as many as is required. Obviously, we can, you know, if it gets silly. Yeah, it's a bit like you know, you know, when your your broadband supplier say fair use. <laughs> <laughs> we took the decision quite a long time ago because sometimes you'll do a design for a client and they go, "That's fantastic, that's it, you've done it," and others will go, oh, no, no, no. Oh, "Don't like that," uh, and it goes, "Don't like that." Uh, but if you kind of look at it as an average. We, we kind of picked one. We, it wasn't that scientific, scientific. We kind of thought, well, probably on average we spend this amount of time on design work. And that's what we charge all our clients. 
but I, design work. But I would... Then, sorry. No, go on, go on, finish what you said. Uh, well, I'm just going to repeat, so okay. <laughs> carry on. <laughs> I would say it, it's not a matter of how many iterations you do. It's a matter of um, how you lead the design... I'm sorry, lead yeah. the client through yeah. the design process. That I, I think what often happens is as designers, we become yes-men. You know, we think, well, this person... Well, you get one of two desi- types of designers. You get the, the arrogant, I'm the designer type. That you know, Steve stops their foot. <laughs> you know, throws you know, throws their toys out of the pram. And then you get the other person that's so afraid of losing a client that they just say yes to the client. And so what clients tend to do is um, that they they think in the wrong way because they come to the design and they go, I know I don't like that, but I'm not entirely sure why. So I'm going to change a random thing about it. You know, I'm going to say, um, you know, oh, why don't we try it with the text here? And then they make the change, they look at it, and in their head they go, oh no, that didn't work. But they can't come back to you and say, oh no, no, that was all wrong, I don't know what I'm talking about, I shouldn't be doing this. So what they do is they then try and change something else to make it right, and you go round and round and round in a circle. So the way that you have to deal with that is to break that process and establish up front your expectations of relationship with the, with the client when it comes to design. And so, so there, it's funny, I've just, can you tell I've just written this bit in the book, so I've been thinking about it quite a lot. You write a book, Paul. I'm writing a book. Why <laughs> <laughs> did I not mention that? Um, and, and what I think the key is, is to actually um, establish the relationship up front and how it should work. And I believe the relationship should, should work in this way. So a client should be thinking from a broader overview. They should be thinking about their business objectives and their users' needs. Because at the end of the day, they know their business better, and they probably know their users better than you, because you're doing multiple clients. So um, they should be asking, what would my client think of, uh, sorry, what would my user think of this? Um, so they could make a comment like, well, my users are 90% female, for example, so I'm not sure they're really going to go for the red and black colour scheme, right? And I think they would be legitimate in saying that. But what they wouldn't then, where they cross over the boundaries, when they say, I think we'll go for a pink and fluffy bunnies, all right? So they try and solve the problem. A client should identify... <laughs> and you're spied now. Yeah. A client, should, a client should identify the problem rather than trying to find the solution. So I think once you've established that, then it becomes easier because you then become the expert at design. And you can come back and you can provide a solution. And then it's, and this is the key thing that I think a lot of designers are bad at, then you as a designer have to justify that design to the client. And you need to present that to them in such a way that they're going to accept it. And you need to do that. I believe it, uh, the, the two tools that I use to do it is design testing. So I actually put it in front of, of real users. Um, and I get their response through two tests that I do. I've talked about design testing before on the show, so I won't go on about that again. Um, And then the other thing is repeating back to them things that they've asked for. So um, a client, when you have the initial conversation with them about design, they might say, yeah, we want the site to be dynamic and we want it to be this and we want it to be that. So I will repeat back that to them um, and and say, I have done this. I've made this design decision in line with your request to make it dynamic and make it this and that. So it's really a persuasion thing rather than the whole process of how many iterations do I do that. Help. The depressing conclusion is that you have to sell your designs back to your clients. Yeah, absolutely. So not only do you have to sell to them in the first place, you have to continue the process on and on and on. And to be honest, I think that's 
to a large extent why Headscape has been successful. It's not so much because we're the most in it. <laughs> not so much because we're the best web designers. Ever. But actually, um, not so much because we're the best designers ever, but simply because we, we're very good at communicating and managing the relationship with clients. And I think I think that's a big degree of our our, our success. Okay, any more? Questions. Yeah, yeah go on. Uh, Jamie's been waiting for ages. <laughs> I've asked you this one before. I sent you a really long email about it. Oh, well, I probably ignored um, you. Yeah. <laughs> it really aims at Chris and Ian as well. Um, quite often, people are a little bit different. Um, but it, yeah. People can be very weird, and I'm one of them. Yeah. And a lot of the people who I approach for jobs and things. As soon as they say, oh, he's got a line with him, they skipped over me. Yeah. Or I'd talk to people about something technology, and they'd be completely amazed, but they'd still never get back in touch with me. Yeah. And one of the things I found myself, is I find myself moving further and further away from building websites into twiddling with stuff. Right. Mashing stuff together, like I was saying about the clicker thing. Yeah. Or, you know, actually, what happens if I bob this into this? I do, it blows up the server. It's not good. Learn. Yeah, I'm doing more and more R and D stuff. Um, how would you get into that sort of work? Because when you talk to most web design companies, they want someone who's reliable. Yeah. I'm not reliable. They want someone who's, you know, I'm passionate, but you know, I might have a shutdown and forget how to talk. Yeah. So it's a knife edge when you're trying to persuade people. Yes, I can do what you want to do. Um, but I might have to do it beside the table. Yeah. So how would you? approach that. Ian's waving his hand, so I'll let him out. Um, so, yeah, I actually think that uh, the thought I've been seeing in the backstage is that we're starting to change the way we, um, we hire people, and the job roles are starting to change. So, this, this clear distinction between developer and design is starting to kind of go away, which is quite interesting. But also, we're starting to see new roles, for example, um, we hire a sysadmin Actually, he's a student um, who works for us, um, you know, kind of from Dorset. Um, you know, oh, well, that's definitely disadvantage. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, works for us from Dorset, completely remote. Um, you know, we see him really once a month, really twice a month, you know, at most. And um, and he's, yeah, he's about 25 years old, you know. And, you know, we just came about him by what he, you know, his blog, or sort of things he says. Um, and it's just interesting that we're starting to pick up people are completely different. More the kind of mash-up people, um, I guess kind of hacker types. Um, and that's, I think there's more and more roles being made for people like that. Yeah. Um, so, so I actually think that we're starting to change. And that's what's, what's happening. Um, another thing to think about there is like who has the time or who has the need to play in that field if it, you, you said research and development that's basically what you should look for you shouldn't look for web developer you should look for some research and development and the most amazing people that I, mount, uh, that I found in this area was at Hack Days that I organized and, uh, and worked around with I walked around it was for example um, I met some people from the New York Times at the open Hack Day that we did together with the BBC and they have an amazing research development team. Like, uh, let's, let's face it, the internet scares the main media. It's fast, it's loads of money, it's loads of traffic, 
And those guys are actually have amazingly good research development teams. Yeah. So I would go for uh, for mainstream media. I would go for Reuters has a really good research and development team down in Canary Wharf. And these are the kind of people that spend money and time on this one because they realize in two or three years' time it's important to them. Whereas if you have someone like us who have daily re- daily development and we we are we are upfront there as well, but we don't really uh, spend that much money in research and development at least not not in the UK. So it's a matter of like who to approach to and how you sell yourself. Like if you try to go to small companies and say like, oh, I want to mess around with it, I might get down, get your server down. I can do that as well, but I don't get money for that. And uh, when it comes to natural and like personal quirkiness, I mean, <laughs> half of the office is full of like action figures and stuff like that. <laughs> and it doesn't really matter if you do your job right. It's just a matter of like how do you get to the right people. And that's once again boiling down to go to these events, go to these ad medias yeah. and everything and talk to people directly because a lot of times HR departments filter a lot of things that shouldn't be filtered because they just don't want to understand or don't need to understand what's going on. So it's a matter of like approaching the right people and selling yourself or like not selling but like uh, uh, showing people what you can do and how you can do and then you can overlook most, uh, most almost everything except for illegal behavior. But <laughs> it's a matter of who to approach to and how do you do it. And yeah. universities, it's the same thing. I mean, I have to follow up this other one, so I hope you can cut that in. And I have to break a lance for the universities as well, because the, the time when we started talking to universities for University Hack Day, I'm going to East London University, I'm going to Dundee, uh, it changes. People realize that the web is there to stay and the web is a new platform to support. I had a presentation where I talked about REST as the coolest stuff to do and SOAP is so outdated. And then I looked at the lecture stand and said, like, SOAP, the future of the web, was the next presentation <laughs> of, the, of the university Oops. professor. And he came back to me and he said, like, I rewrote my presentation for next month. Cool. And that's exactly what you want to do. You want to cover that a university to market and market to university that we realize, like, the guys that go to university now and spend a lot of time and effort, yes, and drinking like you did... <laughs> Uh, there should actually get a job later on that actually is relevant. And that's really amazing. I mean, it, 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 it gives me a kick to stand at Stanford University, never being to university myself, yeah. and just standing there like, guys, this is great. Thank you for the feedback. And it's uh, don't think it like, like now, okay, I don't need my degree, but if you're, if you're happy in it, do it. But be interested, because the media moves a lot faster than the main market and the university. That's the main point about that. Cool. It's a question for Marcus. Oh, yes, you've now both had your time in the limelight. Who's a bigger dreamer, yeah, Donna? You want to start? Easy. What do you mean? Why are so, you pointing at so me? Easy. Why am I? Why am I a prima donna? It's the way you're made, Paul. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, shut up! Yes, yes. <laughs> I've got his wife. It's fantastic. No, I was always the laid back, easy going yeah, one to say. And Paul's like, like tear hair out, scream, shout, happy, sad. Yeah. <laughs> it, Marcus is so laid back. I'm surprised he can get out of bed in the morning. Well, quite often I can't. <laughs> Well, I am the neurotic one. I mean, I'm not as bad as Chris is. A different, Chris, different. He's a different type. Chris, our third partner in Headscape. Chris is a Fret, Yeah, he worries about everything. While with me, everything's a drama. You know, I have no, I have no normal days. Hand Kath the mic, she's bursting to, <laughs> bursting to back I up. I called saint earlier. Yeah, well, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I'm sorry. I, I have to put up with you for, well, I don't know, half an hour a day. 
You don't, yeah, that. So, yeah, I, I, I apologise to the world at large for my ego. So, um, yeah, thanks very much for all coming out. Really appreciate it. And I, I, I'm going to... Yes, all right. I'm going to do your jokes, and there's other things we want to mention. Shut up. Thank you so much for coming out. And thank you just generally for, for listening to the show. It's been a really kind of weird experience for us, because... You know, we're getting a ridiculous number of downloads every week now, and um, it, and it's turned into a very lucrative, you know, marketing tool for us as well. Out uh, something that, you know, quite frankly, I now this is where I, 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 you know, blow my own trumpet. But out of what was a personal little project for me on the side that yeah. that you and well, I you, rescued. I mean, that's a classic. That's a <laughs> shut up. Actually, it was fairly bad. To but that's a classic example of of what um, Jamie was talking about that. I was just playing. I was messing around. And fortunately, Marcus and Chris were patient enough with me to let me play with it. And and then you guys saw the value of it. And it, it's really, you know, it's been very beneficial to us. But it, it would have been totally ineffective without you guys listening to the show. And we really appreciate the support and stuff that you've given. And especially things like bringing Belgium chocolates or 100th birthday cakes. Is, uh, oh, there, there she is. Sorry, I couldn't see it. Thank you for the 100th birthday cake. <laughs> Um, although that sounds quite depressing, a hundred, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We are well, really old and decrepit. So when do we have the next party? Tomorrow. I don't know. Two hundred. <laughs> um, so go on then, Marcus. What what jokes do you have? I'm going to go so long. Just one very quick one. I find it's all playing the Two men walking their dogs through a graveyard. One says to the other, "Morning." The second guy says, "No, nope, just walking my dog." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So the other one. Okay, got <laughs> I've got a friend who's fallen in love with his two school bags. He's by Satchel. <laughs> <laughs> See, now because people are laughing, you're no, feeling no, that no, you can you carry on. Well, one more. Go on, one, one more. 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 Hang on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. Here we go. This is the last one now. This so is the last be good. one. All right, here we go. No pressure. I met a Dutch girl with inflatable oh, shoes last week. You, you know that uh, you Find need to look to... behind you. Uh, right. No, I've read the script. So uh, right. <laughs> it's crap. It's really bad. But there you go. Phoned her to arrange a date, but unfortunately she popped her clogs. Oh, <laughs> terrible. Terrible. Okay, well, thank you very much for listening. And, no, I didn't and uh, please ca- continue listening in the future. Yeah, thank you. Ha, 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 ha.